0: Hi there, thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Gravity, the digital marketing and internet business podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by small digital marketing business owners, creators, consultants and practitioners working in this really vibrant space who generously share with me what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. Before I jump right into the interview this week, please take a second to subscribe to the show so you don't miss new episodes and you can dig into some older episodes with previous amazing guests. This week, I'm really excited to share a conversation I had with Jason Resnick. Jason, as you'll find out, is a really smart guy. He's built a brilliant client business around some pretty niche skills and he continues to fine-tune these skills into a vibrant learning community for people who really get who he is and what value he has to offer. So welcome along, and let's meet Jason. Jason Resnick, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to be here. Um, I am a New Yorker, so I'm living in New York. I've lived in New York my whole entire life. Uh, I lived in the city for about a decade, but we've since moved out to the suburbs on Long Island, uh, mainly because we just needed a backyard for the little one to run around in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and for what I do is two things really, um, one, I'm a developer that specializes in established online businesses, uh, who are looking to increase their conversions. Now, for whatever that means for them, it could be, mean donations for nonprofits. It could mean sales for e-commerce, conventional e-commerce stores. It could mean, um, you know, downloads for a digital coach that sells products or things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> and I help them through email marketing and behavioral marketing. Um, the other side of the business is that it's fairly new because I've been doing that other piece for just about a decade just shy Um, but the new piece is about a year year and a half old where I help other freelancers uh, build recurring revenue through specializing their business or niching down or niching down as they say here in the states Um, it's niching I I always say niching (laughs) I I don't know and it's funny too when I talk about it (laughs) they're like you say niching you come from the states yeah I don't know I just maybe it's because I took French in high school I have no idea (laughs) Uh, but yeah through specialization so that they can build a sustainable business and shape their business around the life that they want to live because ultimately that's what I set out to do for my own life and I've been able to accomplish that and when our first son was born that's when I realized that hey maybe I can impart some knowledge, experience into the world and hopefully help other freelancers developers, designers marketers, writers um, to do the same thing
0: Yeah, that was one of the reasons I was really quite excited to get you on the podcast and we've been trying to arrange this for quite a long time uh, and I haven't managed for one reason or another um, but there's so many people uh, with the idea of doing the kind of thing you've done with with the coaching business alongside the, the day job, but not many people manage to do it as elegantly as you've done it. And I don't know, I've had a look through your website and it's so well done. I mean, it, rep, it probably reflects that you're a designer, but it's not often that a website has the personality that yours has. I really like it.
1: Thank you, thank you. Well, I, I wish I could take credit for it. Uh, one I am not a designer I'm just strictly a developer I know it looks good uh Megan Gray of House of Grays uh she essentially designed my brand Um, I gave her I I guess I was you know it was probably a welcomed sentence but I basically said to her in an email look you're the expert I'm hiring you to do that whatever your process is you have creative freedom i I have no ties to anything that you see on my existing site at all. So run with it. Um, And she put me through a process that I had never been through before. um, And that's the result. And that's been my brand, my look, my style
0: since uh, 2015. Yeah, it's so distinctive. And for 2015, it hasn't dated at all. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some updates I've been thinking about. But aside from that, I mean, yeah, that's, it is, it is me. Like, it's, you know, like, I, the, some of the words that I expressed to her was, um, you know, I like the grunge kind of look. Um, you know, it's the type of music that I listen to grunge, metal, that kind of stuff. Um, but I also really, <laughs> I really admire like old technology. Yeah, Um, Like, you know, like, it's funny, we have a ice cream shop in the in the town that we live in. And they have like these old, old style phones, they have like these old, uh, what do they call counting machines, it's not even a calculator, it's just a counting machine. So they have all these different things. And we took my son there. And they have a real old style, like, you know, something from like the 20s or 30s radio, right. And yeah and he's just two in December so he just what's that what's that and I said radio and he's like radio radio (laughs) and I just love that kind of style stuff so um you know I just kind of she put me through that stuff and that's 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 my brand and and people are receptive to it too because people know like in the twitter's feed twitter feed and whatever they say like oh okay I know when it's your blog post because of whether it's that red or blue that shows up
0: yeah, and I think it's it's also very engaging the way that you're personally so visible on the site. A lot of developers in particular are quite keen to hide behind the logo, to tuck themselves away on the website. But you're really right there out front. It's really good. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was something I had to get over myself. Um, it's that whole idea of a personal brand thing. But yeah. as a as a freelancer... That's what somebody buys. They buy from you, right? They they sure they could get that line of code from anywhere. Like I I can write PHP just as somebody on the other side of the planet can. But what resonates with that client or customer is your personality, who you are, what you're about, your values, those kind of things. And it took me a little while because I'm I definitely have introverted tendencies, um, you know, which. Uh, I was speaking with uh, Janelle Allen of Zen Courses and she said the same thing and she said that the only thing that an introvert has is what the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is is where they get their energy from so Mm -hmm. an introvert gets their energy from being alone and just quiet in their own space Um, and I love that because that's exactly me and to be able to do that and just put myself out there in podcasts and my face is right on my homepage and things like that. Like I had to get over myself really like, Hey, this is me. This is, this is who you're hiring. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great.
0: You know, it's it's just me. So you said you work in the email and the conversion space. What does that look like a little bit? Uh, What kind of work is, what does a normal project look like for you?
1: Sure. Um, so I work specifically with ConvertKit and Drip um, and certified in both the only person on the planet, which is a a weird phrase in and of itself, but I am the only person in the planet in both directories. Um, And what that looks like is really I help businesses who they have something online, they're selling something online and they're starting, they have an email list they're obviously on those one of those platforms or they're looking to be on one of those platforms and their business is gaining traction. Um, but they don't really understand all the nuances. They see the power in email. They may be emailing irregularly. Um, and when they do, they want to be able to, yeah, you know, they see the results, right? And so what I do is I come in and I help them strategize uh, we learn more about what the motivation of their customers are or potential customers are. Uh, we learn about their intent when they first come to the site. Um, when somebody goes into a lead magnet, what's that intent? What what did that what attracted them to give them, you know, the email address? And so, what problems are they trying to solve? And can we solve that problem, or should we redirect it in some other way? Um, because ultimately, a purchase is has a number of stages. You have the buyer's journey, and, and it's basically a, an awareness, consideration, and decision stages, those three stages. And everybody's in one of those stages at any given time, and then we'll cycle back through all of those stages until purchase. And so I help businesses uncover that for their clients to one shorten that time frame at which a subscriber becomes a first-time buyer Two, create repeat buyers and then three make those repeat buyers raving fans and become almost ambassadors of those brands
0: that's a really neat way to explain it and when you say you work with convertkit and drip um, and on this buyer's journey um, when people come to you, you say they're just becoming established What kind of results are typical when they start to engage you? Because I know that in e-commerce in general, people who are not in the business really badly underestimate the importance of email and emails within the buyer's journey, if you like, that people assume that it's, the traffic's coming through SEO and ads. And that's great, the traffic comes, but that's actually, most sales in e-commerce are driven through email in some way or another. So once they engage somebody like you, what kind of impact can that have?
1: Yeah. I like to figure out where they're at. So initially we try to set like a baseline. And one of the things, like I said, is the time to first purchase, right? So when somebody opts in for whatever it could be, could be if you're a traditional e-commerce store, a lot of people say, Hey, submit your email, you get 10% off your first order. Um, Or if you're a coach or something like that, you might have like an ebook or some other opt-in, a digital download of some sort. Um, so once they become a subscriber, I want to start tracking that and then track to the point at which they have a first first purchase. So that's the first thing I, f- I do to baseline everything. Let's see where you're at, at your current state, right? Um, and then let's see how we can create that, that per- first time purchase in a shorter way. And I do that by working backwards, working back off of the customers first. Um, Figuring out what key pages are on your site, uh, figuring out what, what makes your customers tick. Not necessarily people that you think are going to be a customer, but what your customers think. Because they've bought from you. So they've invested in you. They trusted you. They know you. Uh, what was their, right before they bought, what was their intent, their motivation? Um, and then after they've purchased, was that satisfied? Were they, you know, did they get the results that they expected? What was that transformation? Um, and then we throw that back up the chain, right? We're back up to the top of the funnel. Is the lead magnet aligned um, with the product? If it's not aligned, um, then that's going to be a problem because now you're just getting people in that are going to hit a dead end because when you present the product, if the lead magnet got results for something different, um, then they're not going to buy the product because... It's not a natural next step. So I try to isolate what those points are to figure out what the motivation and intent are and make sure everything is aligned in that way. And that's really the first first foundational elements that I build out for my clients.
0: I think it's a really neat way of looking at things that often lead magnets, they're a snapshot in time of what, your, what was compelling on a particular buyer's journey when it was created. But often our products deviate uh, and evolve over time but the lead magnets don't and that can really lead to the kind of dissonance that you describe there mm-hmm. i think also what's really interesting listening to you is convert kit and drip they would both describe themselves as yeah professional tools but user-friendly easy to use but what you've clearly defined there is the importance of a specialist that if somebody really knows what they're doing they can make the tools sing and be much more effective
1: yeah absolutely i mean ConvertKit and Drip, they're often lumped in the same same breadth um, where they really are serving two different audiences. But the foundational elements are there, how they think about segmentation, it, how they think about properties of a subscriber. All of these things are common across those two platforms. Um, and then being able to implement some of the things that I help customers on, like the time to first purchase and things like that, Um you know that's where a lot of people are like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> how do we do that, right? Yeah, um, and that's where some of the you know my developer brain comes into play and how I look at things, and then being able to then go ahead and take that subscriber data in either of those platforms and reflect it back on the website. Um, you know, things like you know if if somebody's already purchased something for from you, and maybe you have a natural you know upgrade. Um, let's not show that same product again, right? Like they've bought that product. Maybe we show them how to use that product, but we don't offer it for them to purchase it anymore. Let's have let's offer them the next thing. Um, so all of these kind of things to make the UX and the engagement much better between the customer and the brand.
0: Yeah. And is there a natural lifespan for you and your clients? Is it is it kind of short term project work, or does it tend to be? more longer term commitments that you work with? I work on a
1: monthly basis. Um, usually when I engage with somebody, we say, look, you know, it can be anywhere between three and five months. And I usually scope that out. Um, and I, I'm not a cell phone service or anything like that. And I don't lock them into a contract. I just say, look, if, if you're not getting the value, that's fine. then we can end it, we just might not reach the goals that we had set up. You'll get what you had up to the point. But, Um, but for the most part, I'll I'll be honest, my average customer lasts about 13, 14 months.
0: Yeah. Which Um, is quite good to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is it's, it's, I want to make sure that they are in a certain place and usually they graduate, right? Like there's only a certain point at which I'm going to be able to help them. And then they're going to either scale up, maybe hire more people, uh, do more, Ads, those kind of things, but that foundation there that I've set for them—the engine, if you will—that's uh, just in out, right? Like, there's only so much of that that I can do. Until then, you know, months down the road, they might say, "Hey, look, we want to do these other things. Is this something you can help us out with?"
0: Yeah, and with this being your done-for-you service, if you like. Uh, in in that service section of your business how many clients can you comfortably work with at one time
1: yeah I work with about anywhere between six and eight Mm -hmm. at any given time Um, I've kind of scaled that back a little bit I'm about five to six now um, only because of the other side of the business and I've kind of started to protect that because that other side I want to grow which is helping those freelancers through coaching or digital products or things like that so um, yeah and I've stuck I've stuck hard with that I've had other great companies come to me or great business owners come to me and I've had a full roster and as much as I've would have wanted to take them on I had to say look I can't take you on until this date if it's feasible for you then that's fine if not then you know here's somebody else that may be able to help you
0: yeah that's unusually disciplined um, I think most people would probably be tempted to, to take take the opportunity today uh, and sacrifice the, the legacy element of what they're trying to build. Oh, so the, it's,
1: the, the Jason of like seven years ago would have done that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> In fact, they did.
0: So let's get into the product side of what you're doing because that really is what makes you stand out. I mean, I'm sure you're brilliant at the email marketing and the conversion stuff, but what you're doing around the 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 feast product if you like which you mm-hmm. can you can introduce in a moment that's really inspiring and that must have really taken some work to put together
1: yeah i mean it's uh, it feast which you mentioned is my coaching and community platform um and i call it that because that's exactly what it is it's it's a, there is a course element to it there's modules there's lessons there's resources and all of that kind of thing but when somebody comes into feast i look at it more like I'm your guidance counselor, right? Like I want to understand where you are in your business, which oftentimes I already do because I've gone down the road of traditional course launches and open clothes and all that other stuff, but that's not my style. Um, so I've scaled back to an evergreen model, um, which then allows anybody and everybody to come in at any given point in time. But there are certain things that I've built into my business based around articles, based around podcasts, based around certain emails, that I could tell that you're going to be a good candidate for Feast. Um, and then I'll reach out to you and we'll have a conversation first to make sure that Feast is going to be a good fit for you and it's not going to be something where you're just going to waste your time and waste your money, right? Like I hate I hate the idea of digital dust, right? Like you buy something, you feel that it's good, uh, and then you spend the money on it and you don't ever use it. So when somebody comes right into Feast, within a week, I want to set up a call with you so that I can then go ahead and understand where you're at, uh, what problems you have immediately, what problems you're looking to solve over the course of time, and then create a syllabus, if you will, of lessons and resources in and around Feast so that, here, look, you're at a different place. You don't have to define your ideal client. But what you're looking for is maybe to help you build some systems in place, maybe around your sales, around your marketing, maybe around your fulfillment. Well, these other re- these lessons and these modules, um, and then these these videos and and such, these are gonna help you first. So you don't have to go to step one. You can go to step three, right? So I try to look at it that way, because that I feel is more helpful. Because I'm sure, you know. Like myself, I'm sure you've experienced this too as you buy a course and it, it sounds awesome. There's a hundred some odd lessons of valuable information in there, but you're like, okay, I don't, this is overwhelming. <laughs> Where do I start here? Right? Yeah. And so I don't want somebody to get stuck in that way. I'd much rather have that conversation 15 minutes. It doesn't take a long time. And yes, maybe it's not scalable I'm not having tens of thousands of people coming in at once, but until I get there, if I get there, I can keep it the way that I like it and the way that I find that the students are gonna be most successful.
0: What I really like is the way you describe the guidance counselor because a lot of these courses you go into, it's either it's very, very self-service or it's very, very prescriptive uh, or it's very informal mentoring where there's no actual content, but you seem to have got that balance really intelligently right. I really like that. One question I have, when you were first thinking about this and you were faced with a blank canvas and you could do anything, and actually in many regards, it's a massive undertaking. What was going through your mind at that point? I mean, to get from where you were then to the first student through the door, what was the process?
1: Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think it was ever a blank canvas um, because it, it's really Feast is how I built my business, right? Um, I literally had a coaching client who came through me, went into fees, became a coaching client all in a couple of days because they just said, look, I heard you on a podcast. I heard that it took you seven years to get to where you are in your service business. We don't want it to take that long. So how do we fast track that? Right. So I resonated with them in that regard. And that's what I wanted when I first started out and there was nothing out there like that. Right. Um, so because I focus in on figuring out what someone's specialty is so that they can build recurring revenue and build a business around the life that they want. That's the transformation there, right? So once they get that, if they stick around, they're sticking around for the community they are sticking around for the other people for, you know, basically our monthly roundup calls and things like that and things that I add in over time. But that's the, they've made that transformation. They've, pivoted their business if you will and when I came to think of this idea of of Feast and figuring out how how can I best put this out into the world where it's it makes sense I didn't know what that was gonna look like I I threw up a landing page and I said I'm gonna hold a two-day workshop online workshop gonna be two hours each day and I'm going to teach you exactly how I figured out how to build the business that I have today. And I said, if I can get, I think at that time it was eight. I think I said, if I can get eight people to pay me money for that workshop, then I'm going to build this thing out. And I wound up getting 10 and it was a fantastic two day workshop. And What I got out of it was language, marketing material, feedback, testimonials. And I just basically put my first two modules into those two days. So they gave me instant feedback on whether this thing worked, whether it didn't work, whether, you know, what I needed, you know, help on in wording. Um, The sales page was basically built out and I hadn't even thought about that. And so once that happened they're the founders They're, you know i told them i said for the for as long as feast is here you have access to it um at that founder price and it it unraveled after that like it was basically how do i then it was a matter of how do i make this into something that makes sense because i'm not you know i wasn't educated to be a teacher or build out lesson plans or things like that so i had to kind of figure out my way and navigate my way there, and I'm still doing that, but I've found that by putting out the content and then putting it in an organized fashion but then going ahead and adding that element of that guidance counselor, so to speak, at the beginning when somebody comes in, that's been a recipe for success.
0: And looking at it now with the students that you have in there, um, I I can only imagine that it's very, very fulfilling. I think that's almost a given. Like the way you speak about it, you clearly have a passion for, for serving that particular section of your business. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a proportion of your revenue now, uh, what does that look like?
1: Well, I mean, as I said, the services side of the business is has been my bread and butter for close to a decade. Um, and <clears throat> when I decided to essentially... January of 2018 is when I said, okay, I think Feast has legs. Let me put some level of tactful energy into this. Yeah, And so because we were a young family, all that other stuff, I couldn't just, like if I was in my early 20s, I would have just went all in and forget the client work, but I couldn't do that. So I had literally, I just said, if I put 20% of my week into Feast, let me see what I can get out of that for a year, right? Um, So I was very methodical in that and trying to do that, but that 20% for me was more satisfying than the 80% that I was putting into the services side of the business. I mean, I would walk out of the office on days and my wife would know which day it was, like just on my mood sometimes. And, you know, development work where you're, Like looking through error logs or something like that and pounding the desk like why is this working this was working before and like whatever versus having a conversation with a student because they they, they ping me in Slack because we have a Slack community and they they said look I, I did this lesson I implemented this thing uh, about two weeks ago and I got this amazing result and now I'm getting co- contracts doing this right um, I had uh, one student who landed a project which craziness but landed a, a three-year contract with wow with someone and i'm like that three years that's outstanding <laughs> i like i don't know personally i would want to do that but you know for him it was fantastic um and i've had other students where they were more maintenance oriented right and they were they were struggling with it and trying to figure out how they can elevate their game a little bit more maybe take on less clients but more high value clients and so we worked through their business and they basically wanted to be able to (laughs) what's funny is they specialized their business into women-owned white-collar businesses in the boston area yeah and so things like you know one of them is like a, a a developer, a real estate developer firm, right? Like so, those kind of things. But they were women-owned businesses, um, and she managed those websites, so she had the relationships. But she didn't know how to add the element of business strategy to it, and she always felt like it was a tug of war, so to speak. So we worked through her services and and things like that, and elevated her game and added some things to her offering. So that now she's 10x her monthly costs, you know, her monthly revenue into her business. Basically, her price was 10x, and you know, she had some apprehensions. She was like, "Oh, what about existing clients? What about this, that, and the other?" And we just worked through those and said, "Well, if you're going to do it this price, you can lose half your clients. More than half, right? Right, exactly." Um, and you know, she wanted to wait until her new website was talked about, you know, or launched and all the rest of it. And I said, why don't you just draw a line in the sand and the next lead that you talk about, you talk about that new service, who cares what your website says, maybe take down the prices, but out- outside of that. Don't worry about it. Right. Like just the next conversation that you have, you come, you're having a conversation around your new services. Um, and it was three months before her website launch that you know, she started getting those bigger contracts. And so hearing those kind of stories, for me, that's what I love. Like, I love to see and hear the results just by a little bit of encouragement, uh, a little bit of experience that I could impart on somebody because I've been down that same journey, so that same
0: path. Now, well, that makes so much sense. And I guess you've been at this for actually a relatively long a re- relatively short, rather period of time. I mean, January two thousand and eighteen is not that long ago. Um, is it having a commercial impact on you now?
1: Most definitely. I mean, we're, I mean, we're sitting here talking about it, right? Um, for me, it's I, you know, I, this year is a big push towards that. Um, I'm never going to go away from the services side. I love my clients too much. Um, I love providing that client work. But on the flip side of it is, is if I'm teaching or imparting some knowledge and experience onto others that are on that same path, only a few steps behind me, what works today is not going to work in six months or a year from now, right? So I want to be, you know, basically boots to the ground, knowing what I'm talking about is going to work for them, because I know that it's done for me. And so that's the other side of the coin, is that I'm never going to get away from the services side. I have no ambition to. Um, but the, the products, the coaching, the community, um, all of that for me, that's where there's more leverage. Right? Yeah,
0: It'll, it allows you to grow without scaling. Exactly. Or right? scale without growing, S- rather.
1: Exactly right, yeah. And, and for me, it allows me to then go ahead and you know, spend time with my family. It allows me to travel. It kind of allows me to get up up, up away from the keyboard at times so that I can enjoy the life that I want. Right. And, you know, that's ultimately what I stro- strive for in my life. I want to be able to build the business around the life that I want to live.
0: Well, I think you are an absolutely fantastic case study of a creative business that is really good at what it does. But it's so easy to be complacent and just continue doing what you do for money, trading time for money, but actually taking that effort to step out and productize elements of either what's in your head or what you're good at um, and make a contribution at the same time. It's particularly the way you've done it. I really, really admire that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I just looked at it from where from, especially on the productized stuff. Like I don't have the conventional productized business, but all my clients go through the same process. The project may be different, Uh, But onboarding, how I talk to them, offboarding, the weekly meetings, all of those kind of things, every client goes through that. And I just looked at it from the perspective of a developer. Like my brain works that way, right? So input in, output out, right? So if I have to repeat something manually twice, well, how can I figure out a a better process to make this either automated or make it more consistent across the board
0: yeah and do you have a team and sort of i I know you work at home but do you have a virtual team where people help you with some things or are you mainly doing it yourself
1: it's all it's all me the only the only part of my team is uh adam clark who does the post production on my podcasts that's it right and that's just because I tried to do it myself And I just, I mean, I'm sure you can appreciate it It's like, that's like hours of time to edit that stuff It's just, I'm not not—I'm not an audiophile I don't know what levels are I don't know any of this stuff I want you to either just press record and let somebody else do it
0: I think I might need his number
1: <laughs> I'll be happy to
0: introduce you
1: <laughs> He's been a so, lifesaver for me
0: So Jason, if there was one thing that you could offer As a piece of advice or a tip to people in the situation you were in where you're running a service-based business and you, you want to take a step out of that into something more leveraged, as you say, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's easy. It's, you have to carve out time. You have to carve out time to work on your business. And it's cliche to work on the business instead of in the business. But in reality, if you want to get to where you want to get to, um, as a freelancer, you you left the full-time world for a reason. Uh, the reason wasn't to work for 10 bosses, right? You wanted to dictate something in your life, whether that's to travel, whether that's family, what or work on specific kind of projects, whatever that is, keep that focus in mind and make sure that you're dedicating time to getting there. Um, whether that's waking up early, dedicating a day of the week to do that, whatever it is, um, that was so critical for me to do, and I didn't realize that until a couple of years into it where I got burnt out myself, and I was just you know in that hamster wheel. But once I realized that, hey, look, if I could wake up two hours earlier a day and not check my email and um, be able to focus on something that's important for the business and for where I want to head, then let me do that and see how far it gets me. And it got me to where I am today where I haven't, I'm haven't. i not planning to go get a full-time job after a decade of doing it myself. So um, that would be my one thing. Figure out 20% of your time and dedicate it to that.
0: That's really good advice. And Jason, if people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that?
1: Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at res. Um, that's with three Zs or Rez.com. Same thing, three, three Zs. Um, And I communicate with my newsletter most often. And usually that's where a lot of the early tests and strategies and things kind of get shared. Uh, So if you like what you're hearing or whatever, jump on my email list and reply to an email and say hello. I'll
0: put links to all of that in the show notes. Jason Resnick, Rez from three com. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Jason has one key to his success, and it's very simple. He's very intentional about how he makes things happen. This came across in the conversation about his client work, and also how discerning he is about the clients he takes on. But even more than this, it comes across in how conscientious he is about serving his growing learning community and his coaching clients. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You can find a link to this on the website at bobgentle.com or just search Gravity Digital Marketing in Facebook and you'll find us easily enough. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Jason for giving us his time this week and thanks to you for listening and see you next time.